0: Uh, I think, I think as long as the property is, is good, it's a great deal that you really want. I don't think a, a, whether it has a tenant or not should like scare people off because even if you place your own tenant and they're super qualified, they can still end in an eviction. So it's, I I got three and even though the first one ended up in an eviction before I got the second one, I still got the second one with an inherited tenant. And that one also ended in an eviction, but that one ended in uh, an eviction after we got our third loan with an inherited
1: tenant. Before we begin this week's show, I'd like to make you an offer, a free 30-minute call with me. We've been doing weekly chats with other real estate investors for months now, and the response has been great, but we're going to change things up a bit and focus. We are buying self-storage facilities. We have a great partner in North Carolina with a great track record of success, a background in construction, and we're partnering up to help him expand his portfolio. If you have an interest in learning more about investing in self-storage on the active side, on the passive side, whatever your level of interest, we want to talk to you. There's no pitch here. We're not selling a coaching program. This is just a chance for us to network with other investors interested in self-storage. Also, if you're a current self-storage owner, we'd love to chat with you and perhaps have you as a guest on our show. If all that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash self-storage call and schedule a call there. I look forward to speaking with you.
2: All right, enough out of us. Let's hit the road to family freedom.
1: Greetings, friends and families. I'm Neil, And I'm Brittany. And you're listening to The Road to Family Freedom. Our guest this week is a buy-and-hold rental property investor from Jacksonville, Florida. Her and her husband began their real estate investing journey while living in Brooklyn, New York, where they purchased four rental properties in Florida, sight unseen. They've since relocated and are continuing to build their portfolio with their company, Third Stone Properties. Elena Scamago, welcome to The Road to Family Freedom.
0: Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Yeah, it's good. We have been sort of uh, messaging back and forth on Instagram and it's it's yeah. nice to finally uh, put a name to a face. So. Yes,
0: likewise.
1: Or a face to a name.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um, you began your real estate investing journey when you were in Brooklyn, New York, uh, yes. and you started investing right off the bat, long distance. Can you give us the quick story about how you discovered real estate investing and started that journey?
0: Sure. So originally we're from Miami. We lived in, me and my husband lived in Gainesville for a few years going to college. And then we moved to Brooklyn in 2016. And we we were planning on buying an apartment in Brooklyn, but you know, you need at least like $800,000 to buy a place. And it's going to be a very small, like one bedroom without know laundry or windows or anything like that so um we were like walking our dog one night and we thought what if we don't buy an apartment here And we do what our Gainesville landlord did which he bought a, a place in gainesville and then he rented it out to college students and he lived in texas um so then we started looking into that we were thinking of gainesville or jacksonville because we immediately knew we wanted to invest in florida since we're from florida and we've lived in different parts of florida and then also the, we, we could afford it, uh, versus somewhere like Brooklyn, New York. So yeah, we started looking into it. We started reading a lot and listening to podcasts and learning as much as possible. And then in 2018, uh, we took a trip to Gainesville for for a football game, and then we had to fly into Jacksonville. Um, so our a family friend of ours was an agent, a realtor in Jacksonville. She started touring us around, and then we ended up flying um, in Jacksonville. But not any other properties we saw that day but we bought site unseen and over the next two years after that we bought three more properties all site unseen
1: gotcha um and you bought them uh you bought them off the mls
0: yes because we did conventional loans gotcha
1: and these were not uh these were not properties that needed a great deal of work or anything like that they were pretty much rent ready for the most part
0: so the first three came with inherited tenants, and the fourth one was rent ready. Um, yeah, so the, the first two ended up in, in evictions and a lot of issues with the inherited tenants, and then the third one has had the same tenants for 12 years, so they're still there to this day. Um, so the first two, when those inherited tenants left, we did have to rehab, uh, not major rehab, we spent like 8,000 on one and 10,000 on the other. Um the third one will need a major rehab once they move out.
1: Um and what um that first property, what did that look like? What was the price point on that very first property?
0: That one we got it for ninety thousand five hundred. We put twenty percent down. Um so with clothing costs that was around twenty three thousand, I think. And the tenant was paying a thousand fifty. And yeah, that one was pretty crazy after like four months, she kind of disappeared. And we posted the, the eviction notice on the door, like a three-day payer vacate notice on the door. And then that's when she contacted us and said that she left and that we can keep her deposit. Uh, so, you know, being new investors four months in, we were like, what do we do? <laughs> do we fly down there? <laughs> uh, so we had luckily met a contractor online on a forum and. Uh, he helped us out by going to the property. He climbed through the window. We didn't have the keys or anything, and he took pictures and helped us rehab it. And that's the one that we put eight thousand into it. So that now that one rents for twelve fifty. So it went from so it went from ten fifty to twelve fifty after the rehab, and the tenants just renewed for the first time.
1: Gotcha. And when what year was that?
0: That was May of twenty eighteen when the tenant abandoned. Uh, we rented it. So we rehabbed it, rented it again in June to, uh, to two friends that stayed there for a year. So we rented it for 1200 for a year. And then the couple that's living there now we increased it to 1250 and they've been there for a year and a half.
1: Gotcha. So you bought that one sometime in like January, February
0: 2018. Yeah. February, 2018.
1: Um, So, uh, and you found that again, you found that one through the MLS, through the realtor that you, uh, found. Okay.
0: Yes. We were really actively looking on the MLS and since we were doing a conventional loan, we couldn't go off market or anything like that. So we just did. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to get as many conventional loans as possible since it's the cheapest way to invest interest rate wise.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Um, so, um, How did you go about finding that uh, real estate agent?
0: She was a family friend. So uh, she was one of my sister's best friends and she had just started uh, being an agent a few years back before we started investing. Uh, So it was pretty easy to be able to trust her. She went to our wedding, you know, it was a close friend. So yeah, we, we really trusted her, but after, she changed to doing new construction after we bought our third property so then we had to find a new agent and that one we found on linkedin and he's been great too so we've been really lucky with our team members that we've found over the years
2: awesome um so you said you found your construction guy on a forum and then mm-hmm. you got your real estate guy from linkedin do you have any other team members that you put together down
0: there Uh, We originally had another listing agent when we, because uh, the family friend agent, she couldn't list properties for rent um, with the company she was working with, so we did have a listing agent, and then after that, we would uh, self-manage from New York. Um, Besides him, we also had a, we still have a handyman, and he does all of the, like, minor, you know, maintenance issues that come up. He fixes that. And then we have an AC company that we work with that does biannual maintenance on all of, all of the units that we own and the units that we manage.
1: Nice. So you, so all you were doing as far as property management was you had somebody who was just acting as a listing agent to just place a tenant, correct? It in it, correct? Um, yes. What for somebody who has maybe never done that? Uh, what does that typically cost?
0: It typically costs one the first month's rent. They take that as a fee. And they do everything from taking pictures, listing the property, uh, taking in all the applications, doing all the showings and vetting the tenants. And then as soon as they get the lease signed or you pick a tenant, they get the lease signed Then we would take over, send a welcome email and set them up to to do payments and all of that. So they would just handle that placement of the tenant, which I couldn't do from out of state. So uh, I needed someone here to do that.
1: Gotcha. And then, so now you're, you know, you've got these, this property now you're managing it remotely. Right. Uh, and how did you, how did you do that?
0: Um, I, you know, slowly learned. I had, I read books and things about managing rentals and I set them up to pay online. So at first I was thinking we would get paper checks, but then literally the first check we got got lost in the mail and we got it months later with an apology from the post office <laughs> um that they got lost and it was all like wrinkled. Um so now we set them up on Cozy to pay online. And anytime that there's a in the welcome letter that we send them, they we ask them to email us for any issues or call for emergencies and I have a Google voice number that I give out where they can call. Um, And then yeah any issues that come up i just call called my handyman and he would get it taken care of um and that's how yeah that's how we did with our own properties and then so we got up to four in from new york so we managed those and then slowly we started working with other investors i became licensed and we started as a referral agent so i would refer them to the agent that i was working with here and then slowly i started Managing other people's properties. So now we're up to like 23 that we manage, including our own four.
1: Okay, so you're managed, so you, you are now acting as a manager down there in Jacksonville? Yes. Gotcha. Uh, yes, and- so
0: now we do everything like list the properties ourselves. Uh, we actually just came from a, a rental open house that we did right before this. Um, and yeah, we do everything from listing, we do the rehab project management, and then we manage the properties as well. So we're trying, like, to grow our business uh, as quickly as possible. Now that we're here, we've been here for a few months now.
2: Are you sell? Are so? Though are those? Houses that you are, are, are buying yourself um, or getting under contract for people and then rehabbing and getting it ready, like kind of like a turnkey situation, um, or are they already bought these places and then coming to you?
0: Right. So usually the, the investor will reach out to me. They're usually out of state. A lot of them are in California, New York, and a lot of Miami. Um, so they'll reach out and they'll ask me if I can help them find a property. So I work with my agent to do that. And then once they close on the property, then I take over and list it and do the property management. And then if it needs a rehab, sometimes I'll manage the rehab for them with the contractor that I still work. The very first person I met online was the contractor. So I still work with him to this day. Um, And then there are a few investors that bought properties off market or through a different agent. And then I I manage it for them. So it's not... um, Kind of like it's kind of like a turnkey service, but I don't buy them myself yeah. and sell it to them. Like I just help them throughout the whole transaction.
2: Makes sense.
1: Gotcha. And then are you are you you're just taking a property management fee for that?
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um, so um, how did you? So now you're up to four properties, correct? Yes. And you bought all, you bought every one of those sight unseen while you were still living in Brooklyn, correct?
0: Yes, correct.
1: And what did those additional houses look like? The first one you bought for 90, a little over 90,000, uh, was mm-hmm. it a three bedroom, two bath? What's yes, that three,
0: two. Three, yes, two. exactly.
1: Uh, and then what are the, uh, what have the other properties look like?
0: The second one um, is a smaller three, one for 49,000. So that's an end of lower income area. And that one rents for eight seventy five. Um, the third one <clears throat> that we've got is a four two. It's in a really good area with good schools. And that one we got for a hundred twenty three thousand and the tenants had never had their rent raised, so they're paying eleven hundred a month. But that one we bought with the intention of eventually rehabbing it. It needs a full renovation and burring it. So the ARV on that one is like two hundred thousand once Once we rehab it and then the rents can go up to like seventeen hundred. So probably in a few years when things are more stable, we'll go ahead and do that. We definitely don't want to ask anyone to move out right now, especially they've been there for twelve years. So that's, you know, a long time. And then the fourth one we bought with a partner that lives in he lives in Washington. And that's a three one Uh, and that one rents for 1100 and that one was rent ready. We only put in like a thousand to clean it up and paint it and yeah, to get them moved in. So that was the last one we bought, which was October of last year.
2: And they were the first three were conventional loans. Mm -hmm. And then was the fourth one a conventional loan or. Yes, um,
0: it was also, um, we just split it with a partner, with our partner. So he put in, 70% 70% of the acquisition cost, we put in 30, and then we split uh, the profits and the equity 50-50. Okay, hold on, pause, up, sorry.
2: Oh, you need Magic Treehouse turned on, okay, hold oh. on.
0: <laughs>
2: Maryland Mysteries, okay. So Thank <laughs> <laughs> nice. you. okay, sorry, I got the name wrong. I will turn it on for you, close the door, okay? <laughs> Sorry, first not he has Alexa down there, but for some reason it's no problem. I'll let him turn on an audible book.
0: My daughter's in the <laughs> home. All right, bud.
1: Uh, do you have how many kids? Do you have one?
0: Yeah, one. she's thirteen months.
1: She's thirteen months old. Oh my
0: goodness! Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's little.
1: <laughs> you're you're right in it. <laughs> yeah. It only gets easier. <laughs>
0: I think so. I mean, the first few months were really hard, but yeah. now it's like oh, <laughs> <few months." laughs> just you wait. Now,
2: yeah. I won't yeah. say. I'm sure you know. Yeah. Uh, I won't be Hang that on. parent, but no, yeah, he's six. six. He's he's a good kid, but he likes to listen to uh, audiobooks. Yeah, and, I love it. yeah, yeah to awesome. figure out why his thing isn't letting him. Yeah. I think he's asking the wrong. Yeah. He's not asking her the right question. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Anyway, thank you for... <laughs> oh, no, no problem.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, Here to tenants.
2: I have no idea what the question is that you want me to ask, okay. so why don't you ask it? <laughs> Hang
1: on. That's my bed. All right. Okay. So a lot of the properties you've bought have come with inherited tenants, which a lot of real estate investors would say, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, (laughs) What has been your experience uh, with that? And are you on that? Don't do it train. or Are you more of the, Hey, don't be afraid of it.
0: Uh, I think, I think as long as the property is, is good, it's a great deal that you really want. I don't think a, a, whether it has a tenant or not should like scare people off because even if you place your own tenant and they're super qualified they can still end in an eviction so it's i i got three and even though the first one ended up in an eviction before i got the second one i still got the second one with an inherited tenant and that one also ended in an eviction but that one ended uh, in an eviction after we got our third one with an inherited tenant So it could go either way, you know, I don't think people should be so scared of it. As long as you do your due diligence, you know, who's living in your house, you um, get all the leases, you make sure you get the prorated rent. The security deposit is super important. Um, You know, make sure that if they did leave, if they didn't leave a security deposit, that you have that in writing. So that happened with our third property. Um, the owner told us that, or the seller told us that they didn't leave a security deposit, and we made sure to verify that and get that in writing from the tenant. Because one, when they do move out, we don't want to give them eleven hundred dollars if yeah. they didn't leave that and we didn't get that in, during closing. So no, I don't think I don't. I think it can go wrong with any tenant. So,
2: <laughs> when you when you bought the houses, you anticipated that you were going to need to
0: put work into it yes. after. So you yes, I knew it was going to happen. We knew, yeah. We saw the condition, and we knew. I mean, not that it was in a horrible condition, but it needed new flooring, and you know, the carpets were really bad, and needed paint and cleaning up, and things like that. So everything adds up, and you know, ends up costing thousands. So we knew ahead of time.
1: Gotcha. And what kinds? What kind of cash flow are you seeing on? most of these properties on average
0: most of them um except for the third one the first two are between four and six hundred dollars a month in cash flow the third one was not a cash flow play at all it's more acquisition uh appreciation and and in the future like the arv um and then the fourth one we cash flow like i think like four like 450 and then we split that with our partner gotcha
1: Um. So, um, when you got started out, uh, was there a particular skill that you think you had to learn that you didn't know beforehand that has allowed you to be successful?
0: Um, probably like putting all the processes in place for property management, because I knew that I wanted to self-manage and, you know, building, like building the team and putting those processes in place were definitely like big ones and um, probably like learning to do the analysis was another big one and learning the areas just because Jacksonville is the biggest city land-wise in the U.S. and it's so big that even the locals have not been to all the areas of of Jacksonville and you know we're still learning the different zip codes so that's that's gonna be a learning process I think for a long time
2: yeah is there so you said you use cozy for your payment system Mm -hmm. Um, are there any other uh, systems or tools that you've put into place
0: um yeah we use we also use stessa for our bookkeeping Um, but we're about to switch over probably to QuickBooks just because we manage other people's properties and you know we need to have all those expenses in place yeah, I think those would be, those would be the two. And then we have our own analysis, like spreadsheet that my husband built on Excel. So we use, we use that for, um, for, for analyzing. And then we use, then we run our own cops, comps for, for rental comps and purchase comps as well.
1: And then, uh, is, are there any tools or, or things that you did to sort of analyze the individual neighborhoods in Jacksonville?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. seeing the, um,
1: okay. Sorry, we, we, you broke up there for a second. Oh, okay. Okay. Marker. I'll ask the question again. Okay. So were there any tools or ways that you went about analyzing the individual submarkets there in Jacksonville?
0: Yeah, we used Trulia to, to learn the areas and see like, if it was a crime area or not, see what was around the area. So truly is really pretty accurate in most parts of Jacksonville with that. Um, we used Zillow a lot for like rental comps. Um, there was another one, I can't remember the name, where it would have reviews of the actual neighborhoods. Can't remember the name right now though. And then for analyzing, like I said, we had our own Excel spreadsheet that we built out over time. You know, Uh, we kept adding to it and then that has all the cash flow numbers and we even estimate like five and ten years out what the cash flow should be and what the property should be worth so it's a pretty extensive uh model that my husband has built over the years
1: gotcha um are you familiar at all with neil bawa no know the name um look him up google anybody who's listening google neil bawa he was just a guest on the show Uh, A couple of months ago at this, at the point uh, that this uh, podcast will come out.
2: Um, Oh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. At the (laughs) point that this is going to come out. Uh, uh,
1: And he has a really, really interesting system for analyzing, getting down granularly and analyzing the individual, um, individual neighborhoods in a market. Uh, And I, I, I love it. I highly recommend anybody look up, um, camera exactly what it's called but if you look up Neil Bawa neighborhood analysis it will probably pop right up
0: okay. yeah, um, okay. it,
1: it basically involves going to city data and and going in and looking you can actually go into individual zip codes or, or even within zip codes and see you know what the unemployment rate is in that particular area what the mm-hmm. income is you know what the median household what the median rent is mm-hmm. now, it's not I'm sure it's not perfect but right, right. it's a great just like you know high level analysis tool mm-hmm. you know it's another tool anybody who's listening um, <laughs> there you go
2: so um do so wait did you have anything else no. to ask about in the no I knowledge not. space before before <laughs> um i'm curious so you did mostly conventional loans for your properties mm-hmm. how are your the investors that you're working with typically mm-hmm. fin- um, financing their
0: yep a lot of them do conventional as well because a lot of them are first time investors i have had a few that have done they use their own cash um another one that's done hard money um yeah, most of them conventional and a few with their own cash and hard money.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then uh, how did you structure, did you have any issues when you brought on an investor or, or I should say a partner, a partner. Uh, in that fourth deal? You know, a lot of times banks, conventional banks get a little squirrely when there's other people's money involved. And is that borrowed funds? Is it a gift? You know, yada, yada, yada.
0: Well, we bought it together with him um, on the loan. So we're we opened an LLC together, even though we bought it under our personal names, and it's a conventional loan. But we do have an operating agreement with him, an LLC, and an LLC bank account that we have with him. Um, But all three, mine, my husband, and his name are on the mortgage. So it was a little bit trickier because they they're used to having two people on the mortgage. So his name sometimes wouldn't appear on the paperwork and then he needed to make sure that his like umbrella policy covered it. And like, he wanted of course his name on everything. Um, so we just had to like request extra things like that just because they're used to just having two people versus, you know, three, but no, we didn't really run into many issues with that.
1: And how did you, how did you meet this partner?
0: On um, online as well on bigger pockets.
1: Gotcha. All right. Shout out to Big Pockets.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice networking place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You um, okay? So, what does a day in the life look for you for your personal and professional managing?
0: Sure. So I work full time right now, um, and I also work on doing like the property management and looking for new properties. Um, and I usually hold the relationship with our investors, then my husband does full time um, real estate, so uh, once we moved here, he quit his job and he 's doing all of this full time but I still help out with like the property management stuff um so yeah usually i 'm working throughout the day and trying to find pockets of time where I can look for for deals so we 're trying to find a, a flip for us right now and and then you know anything that comes up with like maintenance issues, I usually handle that throughout the day. And then my husband does more of like listing new properties for rent or like more of the looking for deals. And he's also trying to structure like a syndication deal with multiple partners right now and new, con- like trying to find new construction deals and bring a few investors together to do a syndication together in Jacksonville. Um, so he's focusing on a lot of those more like bigger deals and
1: new deals for us and then i handle more like the day-to-day gotcha um what sort of what are you seeing in the market right now as far as um i mean when we're recording this it's we're sort of on the tail end he said hopefully of (laughs) of the of the covid19 pandemic uh a, a boy can wish candy um as far as, I mean, are you seeing any uh, any job losses uh, across your portfolio or your client's portfolio and things like that?
0: No, luckily, um, the, the tenants that have lost their jobs, they've been able to find a job pretty quickly. We have four Amazon fulfillment centers here. So I think Florida has like 16 or 19 of them, and Jacksonville has four of those, so has a good amount. Um, I think... Like, four or five of our tenants work for Amazon. So they've been able to find jobs pretty quickly um, or they've been able to do other jobs. Like one of our tenants is a plant manager. When the plant closed down, he went and did COVID cleanings in another state. So thankfully we've gotten all of our rents on time. We haven't, uh, maybe like a couple days late for some of them but we haven't had issues where like the tenant lost her job and wasn't able to pay. Um, if they did lose their job, maybe they were on unemployment and they didn't even tell me about it. So, yeah, we've been our properties and our investors properties have been, worked out really well. Gotcha.
1: And then what are you seeing in regards to the overall housing market there in Jacksonville? I mean, here in Las Vegas, it's going like gangbusters, which just makes no sense.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, our inventory is probably less than half of what it usually is here right now. Um, and then when a property does come up for sale that has flip potential, like there's like 10 or 20 offers on it by the next day. It's insane. Wow. And even turnkey properties like for more for a homeowner, they get multiple offers on them. They go above ask. Um, my husband was at a, an off-market property from a wholesaler the other day and he said that there were 10 other people there and there was a specific company that does like big re- like renovations here, and like they're a huge company. So they, you, our contractor was there with my husband, and he said that they usually pay over what the wholesaler is asking just to get the property, and then they put in like the cheapest materials that they possibly can get it rent ready as cheap as possible, and then. You know, you can't compete with that. So <laughs> yeah. it's been uh, it's been pretty tough to find flips. Um, if you're looking for like more turnkey rentals or something that needs light rehab, it's you know we have found those. Um, but to find a flip and things like that, it's it's really difficult. And for homeowners looking for a home, it's it's difficult too here, as I'm sure in most of the country. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah.
2: It sounds like there you might not have some of the repercussions. You know, here in Vegas, we don't necessarily expect the market to just be fine for the rest of time because we mm-hmm. don't have inpo- – you know, our unemployment rate is crazy. And it will probably stay right. for a while So mm-hmm. we're anticipating that the housing prices will probably take a, a hit in probably the near future. Who knows? It might not. Not Nostradamus. Yeah. Yeah. But – it sounds like there you've got you know the amazon fulfillment centers and things that it are making unemployment
0: is less likely to
2: be an issue
0: Yep. yeah it definitely helps um definitely helps out a lot amazon has been a, a big a big help for our teams at least
1: gotcha. yeah gotcha. um so you obviously you obviously invested long distance mm-hmm. is this the kind of thing that you think had you decided to stay in brooklyn was this the kind of thing you think you could have scaled or is it really something that once you got it building up to scale that you wanted to be there?
0: Yeah, I think, I think we would have scaled it, but we wouldn't have done, maybe wouldn't, we wouldn't have done the property management or the rehab management that we do right now for other investors. Um, We probably would have just focused on growing our own portfolio from, from Brooklyn, but Yeah, I think it's definitely doable. And there are a lot of people that aren't comfortable with buying sight unseen, but I don't think it's, you know, you're having somebody, you have to just have someone you trust to go look at it. And then you have that inspection report that tells you everything you need to know about the property. So as long as you have those two things and it's not as scary as what people think. Yeah.
1: Um, Have you ever had, you know, was the, initial eviction where the purpose person just walked was that been your your biggest frustration
0: um no that one wasn't as bad as the second one because she just left and i didn't hear from her again and we kept her to cause it probably the second one was more of a headache um she had her lease coming up for renewal so i didn't renew her because she was paying she was paying late, but dragging it on because her previous landlord used still at her pay late. Um, so then as soon as I every month, I was like posting the three day notices on her door. And then eventually she would pay with late fees. But then I was kind of worried she wouldn't leave at the end of her lease just because of how she was behaving. And then that's I told her if she didn't pay her rent by a certain day, I was going to proceed with the eviction. And I guess she didn't believe me. So I went ahead and did that because I. I just didn't feel like she would leave if I didn't do that. Um, So it was months and months of headaches with her. And then finally, you know, the eviction didn't go all the way, you know, she did leave at the end of her lease. And then she came back like 10 months later and paid me the rest of the fees that she owed me. And then we took the eviction off her record. So that was a a very long, um, just more of a headache just because of every month it was something I had to deal with for like half the month I had to call her every day. Um, that was, yeah, definitely my biggest headache with a tenant with my own. I had other ones with other people's, but, <laughs> um, but most tenants are good they, you know, they're like us, they pay on time and they don't bother you unless something breaks. And it's not a big deal.
1: How often would you say you're having to have interaction with a tenant when, when things are going well?
0: um since we have so many now when they initially move in there's usually things that come up um but once they're in there for like two months we don't usually hear from them maybe like once a year once or twice a year
1: mm-hmm. gotcha and do you guys do annual inspections you know, you said you do the the AC servicing mm-hmm.
0: uh, we do yeah biannual of that and then some of our investors want us to go and inspect the property once we renew the lease. So we do that as well, if they want us to.
1: Gotcha. And talk to me a little bit about how you, how you're uh, working with investors and uh, things like that.
0: Sure. So um, they reach out to me. Usually they need help. They're from out of state and they need help finding a property or they don't know the areas or they don't know really, like they don't have a team built so they don't have anybody that they can trust. Um, so since I'm an investor, it's like they can, I guess, trust me easier and they, they've seen what I've done with my own property. So um, usually I connect them with the agent that I work with as a referral. He sets them up on, a, on an MLS listing. Usually they're doing conventional loans because they're first time investors. And I kind of stay in the relationship, like sending them properties. If I see something that meets their criteria or they ask me for my personal opinion on, on a specific area or on a property. So I stay very much involved in the process with them. And if it needs a rehab, then my husband goes out there with our contractor and gives them an estimate of what it'll cost. And then once, you know, I kind of help them throughout the closing process as a, first time home buyer, you have a lot of questions usually and once they close and we go we if it doesn't need a rehab we go take pictures list it and you know do the whole tenant placement and property management side of that and then we send them monthly statements and we're just very like active with them and um We've heard horror stories from some of our investors that have invested in other places and have really bad property managers or they don't even send them the rent things like that. So we make sure we're actively like making them feel comfortable and being very transparent with them, with what's going on with their houses.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, Elinice, thank you so much for sharing with us today. If any of our listeners want to reach out to you and find out more about uh, what you're doing, uh, how would they do that?
0: Sure. They can go on our website. It's thirdstoneproperties.com. And if they sign up to our newsletter, we have, we send out, uh, we write a lot of blog articles and we do a quarterly market update on Jacksonville. So if they're Jacksonville investors, they can get that in their news in their email every uh, quarter. Okay,
1: awesome. Great. Well, we'll put all the, all that information there in the show notes and thanks Great. again for sharing. Uh, Thank you guys today. so
0: much for having me. It was a pleasure.
1: All right. Okay, that was Ellenice Camargo from uh, Third Stone Property. Uh, there. Those Third Stone properties, and she's also on Instagram at Investor EMC. Uh, I highly recommend you go and check her out. Reach out to her if you have any questions. Um,
2: what? So, what was your key lesson learned from this interview?
1: Well, um, don't
2: be
1: uh, don't be afraid of inherited tenants, or or don't I, I shouldn't say because personally everything that I've ever heard is stay away from inherited tenants. But I think often new investors look for reasons to not invest I'm like, Oh, well, I can't buy that property. Cause got already got a tenant in place. So, um, I like that uh, Ellen East didn't let that stop her. Um, and, and she's had, she had two evictions and she's got one tenant who's paying way under market rent right now. Um, but, she has four really good properties, also. Yeah, yeah. Um, And she learned a lot uh, about the process and and dealing with sort of problem tenants, which I think she then was able to um, uh, parlay into becoming, you know, a full time uh, property, property manager. Yeah.
2: yeah. When I think, you know, she, like she said, she went into it and kind of knowing that those tenants would be moved out anyway yeah. um it sounds like the third tenants would be moved out but they are going to need a lot of renovation in that house so you know yeah they're paying under rent for what it would be worth once they renovate it yeah. but as of right now it's still cash flowing and or it. No, i guess it's not cash flowing but it still yeah. um has that equity potential yeah. um and you know it, it sounds like they would have they they would have not kicked them out but they they wouldn't be renting to this tenant right now if if we were in the current yeah. situation that we're in
1: yeah well and it's and it's also keep in mind i think they bought that for 125 and she said the arv once it's rehab was over two hundred thousand. so yeah. that's a free that's a pretty big spread yeah so.
2: yeah so i think all things said and done like she learned some things from it. Um, they were gonna have to put money into those properties anyway, so it probably gave them a little bit of time before they had to do that, um, you know. So uh, you just have to go in with your eyes open and knowing that like what's going to happen in any situation with an inherited tenant, so. Yeah, gotcha. Um, Key piece of knowledge what did she say? Oh, um, she talked about processes and systems a lot, that that was really important for her to get those in place. And that was like a really big learning sort of piece for her in figuring out how, how to be a successful property manager.
1: Um, and that's huge. I mean, that's really what it comes down to with property management, uh, is just having, um, a process and a, a procedure for everything that comes up, you know, yeah what to do when a tenant calls and says, you know, they've got a leak. You better have a couple of phone numbers of, of people can handle, who can handle that for you yeah. uh, and have a, an easy way for that tenant to contact you and schedule and all that. So
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, how much money did it take them to get started?
2: Uh, they used a 20% down conventional loan on the 90K purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, so about 23
1: Person. Yep. Uh, they were buying very conventional, um, mostly rent ready properties. So conventional loans, 20, uh, 20% down, which is actually often with an investment property uh, sometimes you, they require 25% down. So that's uh, good for them. So um, time. time.
2: Um, so as usual, this is a convoluted <laughs> sort of um, question to answer. Um her husband works full time on real estate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then she does the management in bits and pieces. So you know, if she's just ma- you know, if she's just managing her own, it's probably minimal, you know, um 10 hours a week, maybe I I would guess because she's managing several of her own plus more. Um, you know, I don't I don't know, it's hard to say exactly, yeah. but she's probably spending I mean, between her and her husband, they're spending a significant amount of time.
1: Yeah. No, I would say, I would say upwards of 30 hours a week, I would
2: say. Yeah. If, if you're, 40. if you're managing a large yeah. portfolio. I,
1: I thought it was also interesting. We've never really run across somebody who's done this, but I've heard other investors do that who are like, you know, I feel like I can probably manage a property once it's up, up and running. So they actually reach out and find a property listing agent Mm-hmm. Um, to actually place the tenant for them. And then once they're placed, they're managing it, which the nice thing is that saves you the eight to 10% of property management. Now, yeah. you know, you're going to have to be somebody who's willing to take those calls in the middle of the night um, if they come up, but you know, if you, if you set up the the processes and systems, you can probably you can yeah. probably handle that.
2: Yep. So. <laughs> And is this a strategy that she can do from anywhere in the world?
1: I think for the most part, yeah. I mean, she, well, at least the, the, her initial purchase of the portfolios, uh, her, her four properties, um, you know, she just started doing that from Brooklyn. Um, yeah. And um,
2: yeah, she couldn't manage other people's properties. No, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> um, but she could. I mean, I, I would think at some point, probably easier to have a boots on the ground property manager if you had several properties but um obviously that was something important to them to be managing themselves and they figured out how to make that work sure. um,
1: okay once again that was Elenise camargo from third stone properties and at investor emc on instagram go and check her out we're doing this all again next week let's hit the road bye hey before you go if you like the show We would be delighted if you'd head over to Podchaser and leave us an honest review. And do let us know why you like the show, how long you've been listening, and in particular, what you find really useful or entertaining. And let us know if there's anything you think we should change. Also, if you have specific questions about real estate investing, especially self-storage or short-term rentals, shoot us an email at info at roadtofamilyfreedom.com, and we'll be happy to answer your question on the show. We might even turn it into an entire episode. Thanks for listening. We're doing this all again next week. Until then, safe travels.